You're listening to the Fan Garage Sports Podcast with C.P. Thomas. Welcome back to the TFG Sports Podcast. I'm your host, C.P. Thomas. We are back again with Ayaz, who is in Adelaide, covering the first ever day-night test match. Today we talk about how the pink ball is holding up. We discuss which countries will take this day-night test match format forward. We discuss the test match itself and Ayaz reports on his conversation with Ravi Shastri. Ayaz, it does not look like we'll get to know how a crowd will look on a Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it looks like if the match is going to end today. Hmm. Uh, if at all it spills over into Monday, it will be because... Uh, you know, the Australians take a, a longer time to reach their target or New Zealand take longer to bowl Australia out. I think at, at the end of the day, uh, what's happened is, even if it's a three-day match, it's actually ended up becoming quite a decent contest. Now, we'll have to wait and see how well Australia bat chasing 187 to win. Uh, when play started on Sunday, it didn't seem likely that New Zealand would be able to stretch their score to 208, but they did it. Yeah. Uh, the tail-enders were quite spunky. And, uh, you know, so... It, Look, it's, it's not been easy batting in these conditions, especially under lights. I think New Zealand would have been happier to bat for at least half an hour, 45 minutes more, uh, because then that would have given them a longer bowl under lights. Their wickets have tumbled on all, you know, on the earlier days. That has not happened. So the light factor is definitely one of the things to be considered in a day night. Is that coming to that? It has come to that, at least in Adelaide. Uh, you know, different conditions might, it might differ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what seems to have emerged is that the, the pink ball, the way it's made uh, by Kukabura, mm-hmm. under lights is swinging a lot more because the swing has been very pronounced. I mean, it's helped the, the, because of the lush green pitch and the uh, you know the, the ball, the shine of the ball being retained longer because of a very good outfield. Okay, there has been seen movement throughout the match, but when the lights come on, then it starts darting around a lot more in the air. But aren't we also giving benefit of doubt to the batsmen who really haven't performed very well? They haven't performed well. I think what's happened is, look, you have to cope with the conditions. And I, I, I was just to kind of uh, extend the the argument. So there's a match which ended under three days in India on a what was what is being widely regarded as a dust bowl. Yeah. Here it might end in three days. What is emerging is that either batsmen don't play spin well. Or batsmen don't play swing well. Now, I was just speaking to Ian Chappell a little while back and he said that, uh, you know, the part of the, uh, the, the big issue could be about the approach of the batsmen. Uh, there are not too many people wanting to stick it out, get their eye in, half an hour, 45 minutes, you bat, graft out your runs, and then see how to build an innings. That kind of a thing it seems to be affecting uh, batsmen across the world, whether they're playing in India or in Australia. Which means that we are definitely heading to a four-day test kind of thing. Because unless it's a flat track where you have one innings each from each side, I think batsmen are contributing to a four-day test being a reality very soon. Yes, I think there's also a demand for it. And, you know, people like Ian Healy and some of the others who are here, they've all been advocating a four-day test match. Because they feel, A, it will reduce the costs, which is important. Mm-hmm. B, costs for the organizers as well as for the paying spectator and uh, you'll probably get as many results because if you look at the last 15 years a lot of the matches which are producing results are getting over in 3 days or 4 days they're not you know necessarily going into the 5th day so that's uh, that's something that is being proposed it'll have to be ac- it'll have to find acceptance of course there will be the you know pitches like at Perth where 
thousand, twelve hundred runs are scored and not even twenty wickets are lost. That's something that cricket will have to take as a stride. But this means that we are going to see a lot more batsmen who are not going to be tuned to the test cricket kind of batting, but actually be more suitable for an ODI and T20. But because of their batting skills, would also be taken into testing. We don't see test players coming up and then moving into a T20 kind of scene. No, I don't think so. I think you are, uh, you know, the the sport has evolved. It has changed. A lot of batsmen who made runs in the last 10-15 years and test batsmen, uh, they've done it at a very fast pace. You know, Virendra Sehwag is a classic example. David Warner is another. Uh, okay. A.B. De Villiers, uh, Hashim Amla, their strike rate is fantastic. Especially Sehwag and all. And they were, uh, Sehwag was a far better test batsman than a one-day player. It's just that he scored his run so fast. And that approach has changed. The mindset has changed. Batsmen are willing to take more risks. Of course, there is the, uh, you know, the influence of T20 and ODI cricket. But yes, when it comes to challenging situations, like what we've seen here in, uh, in Adelaide, where the ball has moved around, you know, almost consistently, mm-hmm. or in India, which in the recent series against South Africa, where the wicket is turning from the first hour, mm-hmm. then the switch in mindset is becoming difficult. Yes, that is true. But by and large, batsmen over the last 15-17 years have really put their foot on the accelerator. And I, I think it started with the Australians of the 90s who started scoring 350-400 runs a day. But uh, coming to this test again, the top order from both sides has not actually lived up to their reputation. And if at all we have touched 200s, it's the tailenders who have managed to drag this team till that score. Yes, so it's been a it's been a grim contest. Uh, the batsmen or the batting on both sides has uh, kind of, in a sense, flopped. There'll be only three half centuries as yet in the match. None in the second innings of uh, New Zealand. So yeah. it shows you how uh, troublesome it has been for batsmen. Uh, I also feel that is also because the batsmen, the specialist batsmen, come under a lot more pressure. There are more expectations of them, so they feel the pressure a little more than the tail enders. But some players have, uh, you know, kind of made their mark by their approaches. Some young players like Sant- you know, from New Zealand who played a very good hand today. Yeah. Uh, didn't make a half century, but looked so comfortable, placed the ball late, poised, everything. Yeah, but uh, when you see him playing and then looking back at the top order, guys, where do you think the problem was? Like the Ross Taylors and McCallum's. The way Sandner played, there was no devil in the pitch or in the ball. So, what is happening is when the ball is very new, it's seeming around a lot more on this pitch. And then when the ball is used in the under floodlights, then it starts swinging around a lot more. I think Sandner today had the best of the conditions. The ball wasn't that new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's playing in good sunlight. It's warm. Batting is that much easier in the first session. So, going ahead in the day-night, the strategy is going to be utilize the first two sessions to your advantage as much as possible. It, you know, it, it's it's still very new. It's premature to say what whether there will mm-hmm. be a hard and fast strategy or not. Mm-hmm. What happens in India, yeah, where the due factor comes into play? You know, what happens in, in England, where it actually there, there might not be enough darkness to so switch on the lights early. And it's because it's a summer game and light, you know, remains till about eight eight o'clock or half past eight. So these, you know, these things have to be studied. It'll evolve over a period of time. It's difficult to just pass judgment. Coming back to the New Zealand innings and where uh, Nathan Lyon was given a benefit of doubt by the third umpire, how has the reaction to that been? 
Oh, highly critical. Everybody has been critical. I think everybody knows that there was a big boo boo made by Abba and Idil Long, mm-hmm. and uh, well, the media here has been, you know, uh, has called him over the coals. Uh, I think also uh, the the reaction of the New Zealand players and Ross Taylor was there at the press conference yesterday after the match. Mm-hmm. They found it unbelievable. Uh, you know, and Taylor was asked. What did he think of the decision? He just kind of looked back at the press, as, as asking them, "What did they think?" Oh. Without uttering a word, so his, mm-hmm. you know, his silence communicated everything. But I think that could perhaps be, be said to be the turning point of this of this match because Nathan Lyon then added 72 runs along with Peter Neville. Yeah, but these kind of decisions are there whether it's a day night or a normal test match, and batsmen and teams have to live with this. No, that's true, but you can't say that the mistake wasn't made. So I mean, New Zealand are living. They haven't staged living with. They mm-hmm. haven't staged a walkout. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it was too glaring uh, for a batsman for a, for a third umpire, uh, including the batsman had almost walked off the field yeah. when he was called back. So you know, in his own mind, he perhaps knew that he had played. I mean, the ball had touched the bat. Uh, interestingly, both the captains haven't come for the press conference till now. I think the, the yeah. I think they'll come after the match. Okay. So that's the kind of format that they are following here. Basically, sum up the test. Kind Correct, of. and it will be also summing up the series. Okay, now uh, coming to the pink ball, I think which was the most uh, important factor of this day night. It has held up well till now and passed all tests. Oh, it has. I mean, it's swung along as I mentioned uh, under light. So uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing because otherwise it becomes too much of a batsman's game. So mm-hmm. the bowlers have come back, and the good part in these conditions on this pitch with this ball is that it's not just the pacemen who got wickets even the spinners have got wickets so you know Mark Gray got for New Zealand Santner picked up a couple uh, Nathan Lyons have stuck some good blows at both innings so it's been good for both pacemen and spinners though obviously it helped the fast bowlers a lot more uh, off the pitch and in the air and uh, I'm sure Cricket Australia and Channel 9 are very happy about the way things have gone I think, uh, you know, they should be very happy. You've got attendances of about 112, 15,000 over the three days, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, so, I mean, the first day attendance of 47,000 is more than what India has got in three test matches against South Africa. Yeah. So, yeah, so the advantage of having the first day night test match in Australia is that it's a very, you know, it's a sporting nation. And the minute it was announced, everybody was enthused about coming and supporting this kind of a game. South Australia and Adelaide particularly has always been very proactive in innovations or improvisations. Now, I think they're taking the lead. They, 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 I think perhaps may announce Cricket Australia the next season there'll be a couple of more day-night test matches. That would be, I think, South Africa coming in. South Africa and Pakistan is what I hear. We'll be back with you, Ayaz, after a quick break. Now, if you want to listen to some brilliant indie music from all over the country, it's really simple. You can find me on Made in India. That's madeinindia.in. My name is May, and it's spelled M-A-E-D. Now, I've had some great artists on the show, including the likes of Nicole D'Souza, The Cognac Net, Last Remaining Light, Tejas Menon, The Other People, Alicia Pace, Lakshmi Bomb, Vasudha Sharma, Ankur Tavadi, and so many more. Now, if you want to subscribe, you can go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcast app or you can find me on my website that's madeinindia.in that's M-A-E-D or on Twitter and Facebook on Made in India. And we are back with Ayaz in Australia. 
now that you speak of cricket australia wanting to have many more day night tests how do you think more conservative countries like england india agreeing to a format like this i think there'll be a queue to start day night test matches because it gives a financial uh, relief to all centers because at least for the first few you know episodes of day night test matches there is uh, almost a certainty that people will come at least for the novelty value and then of course from there you have to kind of uh, season the marketing and marketing pitch and the sales pitch and all that but i think that england will uh, england's problem will, is largely that there is too much daylight available too late so how much will it help them is some is an issue maybe they'll have to rejig the timings there uh, we'll have to wait and see about that but you can't push the match to 12 o'clock in the night yeah so that's the challenge there in india the challenge will be uh, about the dew factor you know when the moisture comes from from the ground or yeah. from when there is a uh, it will start affecting the ball as seriously okay the pink ball some places like chennai or uh, you know durban which is very similar in that sense but places like adelaide drier climates i think it's it's fantastic so the subcontinent is a challenge and england is a challenge but certainly not the west indies or new zealand for most places in south africa okay do you see an india agreeing to a day night abroad let's say in australia uh i i can't see now what choice is there mm-hmm. for the playing country where test cricket is concerned because if there're going to be no spectators in the in the regular format then how can you not yeah, you know openly yeah. welcome the day night format and also do you think that the last test of a series should have been a day night especially when let's say if it was a one all and you had a deciding test and you your final test is a day night or do you think they should start a series with a day night so both teams have an no, equality no i i i i don't think it makes a difference See, if you had the first test in the series which is a day night there would be question why the first test okay why the middle test why the last yeah. test you know that there is no answer to that i just think that at some stage a start had to be made the fact that it has taken 40 years since the first day night match was played maybe it was a one day match just tells you how slow and how blinkered uh, cricket administrators have been yeah and we talked about uh, probably the fan count going up over the weekend but uh, saturday didn't surpass the friday crowd so it was almost let's say i think it was 42000 compared to 44 so there's not much difference but yeah. still we we had thought a saturday would draw in much more Well, you know, I think uh, Saturday uh, did was about a couple of thousand fewer than Friday. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Uh, and Sunday, I think the problem is that the match itself has looks like it may just end today, and people were not sure how much New Zealand would make. So mm. whether there'll be any play under lights, that's been the big attraction. I think it's a mistake to feel in this day and age that uh, you'll get packed houses every day. Okay. I think overall. Uh, if you i mean i was just speaking to some south african uh, south australian cricket officials and the last matches of uh, apart from the match against england uh, they were telling me that they, they hadn't got 47000 even in four or five days totally okay. so to get 115000 over three days is like a bonanza for them coming back to the match uh, do you see australia getting to the target or do you see this last session today again with the lights 
playing a huge part. Look, I think they've right now, as we talk, they are twenty-five for no loss, so they've got off to a fairly decent start. Some edges have gone, uh, you know, in the air along the ground, missing the fielders. So unless New Zealand can strike maybe two or three blows mm. uh, early enough, you know, before the score reaches sixty or seventy. Then I think the match will slip away from them rapidly, especially somebody like David Warner bats long because he starts scores at such a fast pace. Yeah. So if they have to get only about fifty, sixty runs under lights, then it's not going to be a big challenge. But if they have to get about a hundred yeah. uh, with seven wickets remaining, mm. then it could still be an exciting contest. Whatever happens, either the match gets over today or probably in the first session tomorrow. Do you think that while the day-night format and the pink ball has passed the test the test by itself could have been a little more engaging rather than getting over in a 3 days or no i i think we are still hung up on this thing that a five day test match must last five days and finish maybe in the last session mm-hmm. you know i think those days i mean uh, it is very rarely happened in the history of the game that you had such humdingers which end in the last half hour or so very very few in the history of the game uh so that's not, i think the contest has been very engaging is you know sometimes low scoring matches can be very exciting neither yeah. team has you know been found making 200 runs easy so and it's not just the pitch uh, it's the conditions that have leveled things out so the bowlers have that kind of dominated it's not something that has kept one section of players completely out of the equation so okay. it's not that spinners are completely useless or fast bowlers have become completely useless you know everybody has to do something to get into this position so the contest the pink ball the day night format everything seems to have passed the test and it's a good thing for test cricket going ahead absolutely i think it's passed the test with flying colors or a flying pink color if you okay. like it <laughs> because uh, <laughs> uh yeah because a it's got a good match going even if it lasts only 3 days or a little more it's drawn in big crowds it's looked very good on television it seems to have excited even the sponsors and marketers so you know all of these are important factors a short break ayas and we'll be back with you you can listen to cyrus says from our apps on ios android or our website cyrussays.in You can also listen to services like iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud or your favorite podcasting softwares. It's cyrusess.in. And we are back with Ayaz in Adelaide. So, we have seen India winning the series against South Africa and the number 1 test nation actually losing in 3 days. Do you think uh, is it just because of the pitches or India's team has performed well? Look, I think there's been too much of uh, criticism of the Indian pitches. uh you know the pitches have helped the home team let's not uh, you know shy away from saying that having said that i think it's important to remember that you're playing against number one team as you mentioned so when teams come to india they have to be prepared to play spin and they have to be mentally and technically prepared i don't think south africa were mentally prepared at all technically uh, the the technical part follows the mental part i think they came here with demons in their minds and even if the pitches helped the indian spinners uh you know they were accentuated by the demons in the south african minds so i think in fact both teams haven't batted well look at what india has scored they yeah. are also very getting past 200 That's and uh you know having watched uh, one uh, day in bangalore before coming down to adelaide and i just spoke in fact this morning to ravi shastri mm-hmm. uh, the team director 
and uh, he you know and he admitted he said we have batted so badly players have gone out there and you know somebody's got out on a reverse sweep somebody's you know trying to hit across the line on the turning pitch but the fact remains that you know you got grounds in south africa for instance in durban where you had scores of 45 teams getting bowled out for 45 yeah. or 70 you know so these things are going to happen people you know countries will prepare pitches for their home players or their home talent or their home strengths and other teams have to learn to cope with them yeah but it comes back to my point that a good 70% of the team is the same for an odi t20 or a test match of any country and then if the batsmen are so tuned to playing quick cricket and then it's always yeah so my argument about that cp i think just to kind of uh, you know preempt what you're asking hmm. is that odi has been around for 40 years hmm. t20 has been around for almost a decade yeah. so this is not a new phenomenon mm-hmm. players who are growing up today in today's environment the david warners and so on hmm. they are uh, you know they're playing all three formats they're growing into this thing I mean, earlier it was thought that Rahul Dravid, because he's such a splendid Test batsman, will not be able to play one-day cricket. But he yeah. made more than ten thousand runs. So you have to adapt and learn. There is no way out. This game, this sport, has three formats. Players either learn to live with it mm. and play all three formats, or become specialists for one format and not play the other two. So you can't blame the pitchers and get away with uh, bad batting. No, I don't. Look, bad batting can always be identified. I think in in India. South Africa have uh, and uh, you know India have batted poorly and South Africa have batted miserably there's no doubt about that but the match I'm watching here in Adelaide mm-hmm. I think bowlers have bowled very skillfully and batsmen have had to eke out even 200 runs so there's a challenge here for batsmen and players from both teams have met the challenge almost equally which is why the test match has become more engaging in India South Africa just threw in the towel the minute they saw the pitch You know, getting bowled out for seventy-five or hundred and twenty and lose, losing by hundred and twenty-five runs yeah. in a three-day match is a shocking result. Do you think that they'll be a little more free in their minds for the fourth test now that it's already a series which has been decided? I think the the, the team which will be free in the mind will be India, okay. not South Africa, because losing three-zero is an even worse result than losing zero-two. They would rather be. You know, making it one-two, and that means they will be under pressure. India will not be under so much pressure. Yeah, coming back to the day-night test. Now that the inaugural one is done with, and the crowds have come in, do you see uh, it becomes uh, routine, and then people go back to watching it on TV and not coming to the stadiums? So that is a challenge. I mean, television is so so much a part of our lives. It's so intrusive. Uh, it's like cinema. You know, people do they go and watch movies now in theaters, or do they watch everything on television? Because two weeks later it will be on TV. Yeah. So that's the challenge that any any anything in the entertainment industry has to cope with or confront, and more so in sports, especially now when you've got you know so much happening in in, in the world of sports, even in India. So, for instance, in Australia, there's a in summer there's there's Australian you know there's rugby, there's golf, there's all kinds of sports being played. People have to pick and choose what they want to spend money on and watch. That's where the challenge comes: how you promote a sport, how you promote a test, how the team is performing, what are the things you you know provide to spectators. Those are becoming very important. Uh, you know, you walk into the Adelaide Oval. First of all, the environment outside is absolutely fantastic. It's like coming out, you know, for a yeah. picnic, for a day out. 
the food you get the kind of uh, you know free services yeah. you get so all these will start to matter for countries not just uh, you know like england and australia but also for asian countries yeah, where we are lagging behind a lot especially in india that's why we have a winning team but there's no spectators i feel in fact for the success of any format of cricket whether it's t20 odis or uh, test matches india needs to be in the vanguard for the okay. simple reason that they've got the largest number of Fans. you know people eyeballs mm-hmm. and they've also got the largest amount of money available so uh, they have to relook at the way they are what what the bcci is doing for succoring the sport you know for giving it the philip mm-hmm. giving it sustainability i think that's becoming very important and especially and it's also a function of economics i mean you know yeah. the economies of australia south africa england certainly the west indies or even sri lanka and pakistan these are not very healthy mm. so it become it become incumbent actually on india to become the you know kind of a provider for the sport Yeah, did uh, Ravi Shastri mention anything about the day-night thing? No, I mean he he was curious to know how mm-hmm. the match is going and what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, it's a far more engaging and challenging match than what you played in the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in South Africa. <laughs> so of course he laughed and he said, yeah, I mean, but he also agreed. He said, our bat- batsmen from both teams played very very poorly. It, it could be it it could be because of nerves. It could be because of technique. I mean, you know, there will be a combination of reasons. Hmm. But of course, yeah, he's he's very happy that uh, series has been won. Look, it's it's a terrific thing for Virat Kohli. Look at it from the yeah. he's the team leader. Look at it from the captain's point of view. He's won a series in Sri Lanka after hmm. losing the first test. Yeah, and he's won a series against the best you know team in the world. So he's had a terrific run. Yeah, and after they having won the ODI and the T20 series, they had won the ODI and the T20 series. Yes, and uh, Ravi Shastri would be have been also been very happy with the pitch after the Wankhede one. Uh, well, apples and oranges. <laughs> that was a one-day ma- match, and this was a Test match. Thank you, as it was great talking to you. We'll catch up again at the conclusion of the match to get your thoughts on the first ever day-night Test match. Subscribe to TFG Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at The Fan Garage or Facebook.com slash The Fan Garage.